Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're in the state of confusion. Questions on your mind. Send in Letitia and Brandy. Gonna help you unwind. We're hanging out together, even though we're long. We'll pass it on over. Sorry, we're stoned. I have way too many children. Oh, God. Why do you say that? Molly was cracking up. She called me first thing this morning. Can you come here? I was like, no, I have to go all the way down to Hollywood for Noah's whole management. Then me and Brandy are doing Sorry We're Stoned. Then I'll be up. And she was like, oh, all three daughters' responsibility. I was like, ah, no. Like, it's all insane. (laughs) What are those glasses? Caddis. What is it called? Caddis. How do you spell it? K-A-D-D-I-S. They're amazing. K-A-D-D-I-S. You can never get them anymore when I started getting them. Like nobody even knew who they were. C-A-D-D-I-S. Uh-huh. They're so good. They have so many good ones. Um, because I haven't had new glasses in literally 15 years. So I've been online, like looking online for frames. And I just like can't find any I love. It's just such a hard decision. Every single day, five people stop me about these glasses. Where'd you get those? That's where. Like you just bought them new, not you, like not like vintage or anything. I know they're like a hundred bucks. What? Yeah, and then you could take this out and put your thing in it. Right. Yeah, they're readers. That is cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm over here. I have like the most expensive taste, of course. Like the best, my favorite pair of glasses I found online today were eight hundred dollars. I'm like, no, no. So anyway, Caddis, like they just like make so many great ones, and you can't get them. Not this, you can get a lot of theirs, but like this specific frame is always, but see, you can, you will be able to get it because you'll be able to get it in any strength because you're going to take it out anyway. Right. So you should be able to. I'll send you a link to it. Okay. Yeah. I I just pulled the website, but send me that exact frame because it is cute. It's so good. And it even comes in a dark gunmetal gray rim. That's cool. It's cool too. But then this part of it is almost like a, it's like tinted like gray. It's so mm-hmm. pretty. Cute. Yeah. Love. So what you been doing? <laughs> I have been so, well, not lazy today because I've gotten a lot done, but I've just been like in sweats, in bed, working from the computer and watching Bachelor in Paradise all day because I horse showed all week in the rain and mud all week long. I've been out in the elements and today I woke up and it's just pouring again. Like it's just been thundering and raining all day. It's so gloomy outside. It's so discouraging. Like I have not had any energy today. Uh, well, you are missing the weather in here in sunny California. But here's the good news is on Thursday, from Thursday onward for like 10 days, gorgeous fall weather the lows are in the upper 40s at night like i could not be happier about that so i'm holding out for that fall weather that i love so much well that's how it is here in the evenings like you have to have on a sweater like it's been really it's perfect like the day's still a little hot but like at 
six o'clock. It is starting to get cool and it is beautiful. It has been so pretty. I've been loving it so much. Sounds amazing. Well, you're not missing much here. <laughs> okay, good. You know what you did miss? What? Star girl moving up to the meter 20s. I saw that. So when you say meter 20, what is that exactly? Well, in feet, it's three foot 11. Oh my gosh. She's moving on up. That's getting up there. I know. This is like, like the meter 15s are are like, they're like big, but like not, they're not intimidating. Like the meter 15s are like a pretty good height because you can still cruise around and you're not like really worried about you know, making it over. But meaner 20, it starts to get really real. Like you're like, oh, these are real jumps. Like these are, these are pretty big. But yeah. like when I walk the course, because so for those who don't know, before you go in and show, you go and walk your course on foot. So, and you count how many steps are in between the jumps. So you know how many strides to go, to go for and all that. And when you're walking in on foot, the meter 20s look pretty big. But when you're on star, she's so big that they they actually are not that bad. Like, And she just, you know, gallops right up to them, no problem, and wants to take you to the jump. So it's fun. But she did so good. She was good all week. And even though it was rainy and muddy, she just, like, was her best self. And we had a great time. So, I like, that is the one thing. I think people that, like, tend to go and even watch when you're showing, like, even that's how I thought in the beginning, that you just, like rode around this ring and jumped the jumps that were there. Like I didn't ever really understand. Like there had to be a certain amount of strides the horse could take. Like, yeah, like they have to get five or six. And if you get more then it's like, in, well, in the hunter jumpers, ring, that's right. yeah. In the hunter and equitation rings, yep. there's a specific number equitation, not so much hunters, like a very specific number equitation. There's sometimes a little bit of flexibility if, if the lines are bending or, or whatnot. And the jumper ring, it's really whatever you, you do and you don't get penalized. However, you have a better chance of leaving the rails up if you do the correct number of steps. Right. And, and, and it also depends on the horse. Like, right star her, her stride is so big that like sometimes the course designer on purpose will make it so that it's six and a half strides when you walk it on foot so then you have to sit there and decide what well, what's best for my horse do I you know do I do six or do I fit in and do seven with star it's always you always want to do one less because her step is so big but if you're on a smaller horse with a short step then adding is the better option so it, there's so much strategy that goes into it yeah. And I, yeah, I don't, I definitely don't think people understand that. They probably just think it's like a point and shoot kind of thing. Exactly. No, no, no. Lots of strategy. But first of all, like, I, I, I just do hate that you do this. What? No, you don't. You love I, it. But it's so scary. It's not, though. It is. I mean, like, there's just, no. oh, it just seems so scary to watch. What about, like, football? Like, talk about a dangerous sport. I'm not going to go into all the bad things that could happen because that'll really <laughs> freak me out. But, like, I feel like this is more dangerous. Nah. It freaks me. I don't think. But anyway, Star looked amazing. I, like, here's the thing. is She's been wanting to jump this big. Oh, I know. And I know that we need to hold her back and do all these things. But <laughs> she is ready. And that's when she's at her best. I agree. She's We jumped big jumps all week. And she was thrilled. She was great. She wasn't pulling me that hard. She was in a very good mood, so very happy about that. Our next one's not for another month. Hopefully, you'll be here in October. I think I will I'll be there. Ho hopefully, the weather's better. Yes, please. I think I think that October show is when you were here last year when I was showing Nemo, ah. and, and the weather was pretty good. It was amazing. So, little Nemi. Yeah, the last time I was at your show with Star, it was raining because I. Oh, it's always well. You decided to go last, and by the time you went, 
it had just started barely sprinkling and I'm like, please say she's next. Please say she's next. Then two more go, then three more and then brandy. And then it's pouring. Well, that's what always happens to me. Like it's the literal running joke at the barn. Like, oh no, brandy's getting on it. Everyone like run and hide. It's going to start raining. Like it happens to me every time. Which is even scarier for me. Cause then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to slip. The horse is going to fall. Like I'm just freaking the whole time. Yeah, well, we don't go, we don't, we we scratch if it's looking like it's going to be slippery because we don't want to risk the horses getting hurt. So I wouldn't ever worry about that. We're usually pretty, pretty responsible about not jumping if it's slippery. Well, that's great. Um, okay. <sighs> well, I have just been, I'm exhausted. I was in Nashville. Then I came back to LA. Then I just got back from Vegas. Now, like, well, Vegas was so much fun. Life is beautiful with such a fun festival. No, I had a huge crowd. It was massive. It was so fun. And I like literally walked to the very, very back and stood like front of house at the soundboard. And even like as many people that was in front of that, which there wasn't much room behind it, like it was packed. And like even the people in the back, like I think I forget how many songs that Noah actually has that everyone knows I know. Because, like, people were singing every word to make me cry. Again. Well, that's the one I saw online, she yeah. Cry. Um, like, all of her songs, even as far back as Almost Famous. I like, love people, that song. It is so crazy to when I really go to her shows and go, wow. Like, you know, I think because I'm so used to with when I think about, like, hits or people knowing songs, you think of radio and you Not know no more so to realize noah and her generation it's all streaming and so it's just so fun to go and see and see her fans and the people singing all the words and i don't know it was such a great trip and then i rushed back and she has a show tomorrow uh friday at the fonda here in la sold out that's and a fun venue so that's going to be so much fun and then i leave for austin city limits Oh, you do. I do. And is I'm, Gabby going to Austin City Limits? You know it. Kirsten and I can't decide if we should come or not. It's going to be so much fun. So we're doing that. And, you know, Molly plays both weekends. So in between, we'll come and be at home in Nash. And Love then that. also, uh, you know, we're just, I'm just, I'm just on the move. Well, I'm so happy for you because you were, you've been saying that you want your life back and you want to be on the move and you want to go, go, go. Well, here you are. I know. Here I want, are. I want to go to Hawaii. I also want to go to South Carolina. I've been saying it for a long time. I want to do a North Carolina, South Carolina trip. Okay. All right. Yeah. It I'm, is, supposed, I'm supposed, I got offered to go to North Carolina next weekend, but I don't know if I'm going to go. It's so beautiful there. Is it? Yes. North Carolina, like it is so beautiful. It really is. The beaches there are so pretty. And duh, you've got to go to New Bern. We've only read I about know. how long. I know. Speaking of, did you know Nicholas has a new, Nicholas Sparks is who we're talking about. In most of his books, it is set in a little town in North Carolina called New Bern. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just has a new book out. He does? What's it called? I don't know. I saw it at the airport and I almost bought it. Well, that's uh, no good if you don't know what it is. You know what? Sometimes his books make me sad and I'm not really wanting to feel sad. I'm wanting to feel happy. That's so true. I didn't get it. Well, can we just go ahead and go into some off limits here? Can we go ahead and get go into some off limits here early? Yes, please. Have you listened to the new Casey Musgraves album? No. You know what? <laughs> I want and to you call her- yourself a fan. I know. 
that again, I have heard that this is a lot about like, it's sad. Is it? It's not sad. Actually, sad is not the right word I would use at all. But it's it's interesting because, you know, her last album, which was also just so great, was about being so in love for the most part, right? And, like, she was getting married, and it was a very happy album. And this one is all about her breakup, you know, and her divorce and the relationship, I guess, like, she and her husband had towards the end of whatever. And so, I don't know. Like, it hits me hard. I really love it. Um I love the whole thing. Standout songs for me, though. I love Good Wife. I love Justified. I Camera Roll really gets me. And then there's another one. Let me, I got to pull it up. And it is hard yeah. to follow up a record like she had. Like, oh, it's called What Doesn't Kill Me. It's a good one. Oh, and I do love Breadwinner, too. It's all about, oh, like, I'm going to listen to this. He today. loves a breadwinner and, you know, whatever. Like, uh-huh. Now he, you know, doesn't get what he needs and now he's out of here, whatever. But it's listen, so good. As Maybe she got it all out in the making of that record because she looks happy. Is she? I feel like she might be dating somebody. She is. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's so cute. I know. They look like they're crazy about each other. Yeah. So she's on the up and up. She, look, she looks great. Sounds great. Go, Casey. I you got to listen. You got to give that album a listen. Yeah, she's awesome. So anyway, love Casey. Let also have you been watching the last episode of Non-Perfect Strangers. I haven't seen it yet. <gasps> Don't ruin it for me. Okay, I'm not going to talk. But it is honestly, there are some points where like I would like be like, oh, is it great? Like, I know, know, me too, me too. It's getting, I, it's really good. I'm just wondering in real life, does Nicole Kidman uh, do shrooms and LSD? I'm thinking no. I don't know. <laughs> well, as you, as you mean, light it, one up. I mean, honestly, it is public knowledge that Keith uh, had some severe addictions years mm-hmm. ago. So I know that he's sober. So I'm thinking no. But like when I look at her, I'm like, oh, but this is what a great actress she is. Because in real life, I look at her and I'm like, no way. Mm-hmm. That like the way she's talking about how LSD and mushrooms and stuff like open your mind and like it's really kind of amazing because I think there's so much talk lately about psychedelic drugs for PTSD for people and there's so much suicide and how like mushrooms really can I think I, I don't know a lot about that and LSD and all this stuff, but I do know that they're using a lot of these things for PTSD and severe, severe depression. Wow. And so like what she's doing is like what's being talked about so much. Although I think when you start watching and I don't know if it's, I, I feel like I noticed it more in this last episode that she's really pushing the limits mm-hmm. that I love it. I think it's so good. Yeah, me too. I need to catch up on it. And I just, love the ex-football player. I know. He's the best. He is hot. <laughs> not. I, don't, I don't know about that. Maybe but It's like his personality makes him hot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You are killing me. All right, guys. We want to give a quick shout out to one of our favorite sponsors, Nutrafol. I take my Nutrafol. Do you take your Nutrafol? I take my Nutrafol all the time. I do too. I'll have the one for 50 and over. I was going to say, there's a <laughs> few different formulas. Uh, there is one for women that are postmenopausal, yes, which is. would be my mother. <laughs> um, and if you're confused about like which formula of Nutrafol is right for you, you can go on their website and they do have a quick hair quiz that you can take. You just answer a few questions and then they will tell you which formula is right for you. 
If you aren't familiar, Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. I've taken it for years. I can tell a huge difference. I can too. I have such like baby fine hair and not very much of it, but I, my hair does not shed. Like it really doesn't. And some of my my girlfriends, like when they come on trips with me and stuff, their hair will be everywhere, like all over the sink and in the shower. I just do not lose hair like that. And I feel like you used to and don't anymore. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, maybe, but I definitely do not anymore. Like I barely even lose hair in my brush when I brush it out. This is amazing. So tell the stoners how we get it. Also, Nutrafol has a subscription that you can do so that it shows up on your doorstep. I do a subscription. Okay, so clutch. That way you never run out. All right, you guys, if you want to take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code STONED. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code stoned. That's Nutrafol.com promo code stoned. So this is one of my favorites. It's the Integra Boost, um, which helps keep your weed fresher. It sure does. Integra specially brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging. And my favorite part is, is that with the terpenes that you can kind of mix and match and make them different flavors and just kind of specialize your weed. Totally. Plus, they are precision-crafted plant-based packs that are entirely food-safe, so they can be used with any of your cannabis products. Integra offers an array of sizes and relative humidity levels for storing flour, pre-rolls, gummies, blunt wraps, and so much more. For more information, check them out at www.integraboost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code SWS at checkout for 15% off of your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com. All right, you guys, we want to tell you about another one of our sponsors. It's Lumi Deodorant. I think we've talked about them before. I keep one of these sticks in my carry-on bag when I'm traveling. I don't like deodorant. It's just one of those things that I never think to pack. So I just make sure I always have it on me. If you guys aren't familiar, Lumi is a whole body deodorant that was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how normal BO was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. This deodorant is baking soda free and paraben free, plus it's pH balanced for safe use. I know for me, like I've heard so much bad stuff about deodorant and like what's in it isn't great for you that a lot of the traditional ones that you can buy at your local drugstore just aren't cutting it for me. So I really love Lumi. Plus, they come in a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, which is my favorite, and they also have toasted coconut. And the great thing is, is you can use Lumi all over your entire body. So when you travel, it's so much easier just to have one product. Plus, they also have deodorant wipes, which are super clutch, especially if you're on like the red eye or an overnight flight. And they also have body wash, which is really cute. And it comes in a mini travel size as well. Lumi offers a starter pack that's perfect for new customers. And as a special offer for our listeners, all new customers get 15% off Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. 
Use code STONED for 15% off your first purchase of LumiDeodorant.com. That's code STONED at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Did you ever watch Clickbait? Okay, I'm not done with it, but it is good. I've heard it's really, really good. Like every single episode, they end it with something that just, you're totally like, what? What? What's the premise? They keep introducing new people and everything. Um, So the premise is episode one, it opens that Adrian guy from Entourage. Like he's, I guess, the main character, even though he's really not in the show very much, but it's he's married, has a couple kids, he's and he has a really good relationship with his sister, who really I think is probably the main character. And he teaches, or he's like a therapist for like the college volleyball team or something. And he's like biking to work one morning and gets kidnapped. And the sister is like working at the hospital, and one of the kids, like she's giving an IV to, pulls up his computer, and it's a video of her brother who just got kidnapped online and. It's like a live stream video where they're there. He's like got a bloody face and they're making him hold up a sign that says with 5 million views on this video, I die. And of course it's like that. It's called clickbait. It's like, it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to view it because then he's going to die, but people can't help but view it. Right. Cause everyone's talking about it. And it's like that thing where it's like, you can't watch, but you're gonna. And there was another movie. Like well, there was a movie. Yeah. Um, there was a horror movie about this yes. years ago yeah. that it's was very terrifying. similar. Yeah, that movie was actually way worse because they were torturing the person and it was pretty gory. Like that was a tough movie to watch. But this show is not like that. It's not gory or anything. But it's it's just interesting because like it, the show opens up where like he's the victim and you feel really bad for him. And as episodes roll on, you find out more and more about his life that no one knew about. And then he kind of doesn't become the victim so quickly and then it does again and then doesn't. And it's just like they're constantly throwing new people into the mix. And something else that's cool is the way they shoot it. Every episode is kind of from someone else's viewpoint. So it'll open by being like the sister and then it'll open by being like the brother and like the son. And then you kind of get like you just get to know each character a little more. And then you then it's like, well, who who's the bad guy here? Like, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? It's really good. Yeah, it's good. That sounds incredible. You got to start it. I'm definitely going to start that. Yeah, it's super good. Definitely. Because I need something new now. I need a new series. And you know what? It's supposed to be coming back soon. And I cannot wait a succession. I just got a notification about that. And you know what else came back that I haven't watched is The Morning Show. I never watched that. What? I've never seen that. It was so good. Oh my gosh, I need to start that. I loved that show. You have to watch season one. That's why I never watched it. Oh, I I loved it. Okay, great. Uh Uh-huh. Big fan. But I'm going to do this other one first, for sure. Yeah, you should. It's really good. Yeah. So, I did not get to finish it, Paradise. But I'm so glad they made Brendan and Popper leave. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't make them really, but like kind of forced them out for sure. I mean, if they would have stayed, it would have been miserable. Miserable. Well, okay. So I I just watched the first like three quarters of this week's episode, which will, you know, like yes. you'll, you'll probably have watched it too by the time this podcast comes out. And it's get we're getting to the, we're getting to the part where it's just like all about love and the relationships yeah. that are forming, which is really, really nice. But also at the same time, like people are trying to home wreck left and right. Like Kendall's really trying it. And not thank God. With, not with Joe. Yeah, she's trying it. But thank God Joe stands his ground and is like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I've moved on pretty much. He doesn't say that, but like pretty much says that. So not to ruin it for you, but Kendall's gone finally. 
and uh, she's really like um our god all Ivan. No, poor Ivan. Ivan. No. She purely went to get Joe back and then he had moved on and she honestly like it was sad to watch her leave. Like she was bawling, crying in the car, just like so devastated. But like you snooze, you lose. Like you have somebody great, you take them for granted, you throw them away because and you think they're always gonna be there and then they move on. Like that's what happens. And yeah. and as as sad as I feel for her, like I it's sad. Like Joe's moved on and like sorry. And I'll love Serena. I know I do too. So and cute together. And then someone pops in this week and tries to break up Riley and Marissa. (gasps) So I'll let you watch and see that play out. Okay. Cool. I love this. I know. So does it usually end up like this where it's kind of toward the ends it's all couples? Yeah because I mean it's The Bachelor. So like the goal is to get engaged. Like that's what they want. The producers yeah. want that. And to be frank, like I'm sure the, the contestants want that to an extent. Because if you get engaged on that show, you don't have to buy a ring. You get it for free. <sighs> um, seriously. That's like, I mean, I mean, it's a big perk. You get a big fat free ring. So people definitely like like want to get engaged at the end. And, and everybody ends up leaving before the last episode if they're not in a serious relationship. Oh, like basically you have to toward, get engaged or do you just have to be in a serious, you just have to be in a serious relationship to make it to the end. And then they kind of end it with like every couple getting a moment and an opportunity to propose or not, or to like, at least say they're leaving together or so, like whatever it is people decide to do. I can't wait. How many episodes yeah. do we have left? I don't think we have that many left. I think just a couple, like two uh, or three, maybe I'm not sure. Can't wait. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. Well, this is an exciting week because we have a guest on coming we do. On this week. We've been talking about the Enneagram now for a while with you guys. And I love the Enneagram. So I love it that you guys love the Enneagram. We've had a lot of questions about it. And a lot of people express interest in us having someone on that's an actual expert about it versus the two of us who are basically just like it's speculating because it's a hobby. But we are about to bring on Sarah Jane Case. She is a trained Enneagram teacher. And she's also the author of The Honest Enneagram. And she hosts her own podcast called The Enneagram and Coffee Podcast, two things that I love very dearly. So super excited to have her on. I know I have a lot of questions for her, and I think we have some stoners that called in for some questions as well, but I'm really excited to talk to her. So let's get Sarah Jane on the line. Hello. Hi. All right. Well, Sarah Jane, welcome to Sire Stoned. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited because Brandy has been talking about the Enneagram for so long and went in, there was a moment in time that she was really like reading about it and studying it and was just like all in. And so I finally took the test and I cannot wait to learn more because it's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's like life changing. I feel like what I'm curious, what is it about the Enneagram that that want that had you in a place where you were like, I want to, I want to get trained in this and really like commit to doing something with the Enneagram. Yeah. You know, I've always been curious about people like that is me from birth and beyond. So when I found the Enneagram, it was like, oh, we have language for this thing that I've been trying to understand about people, which is really just like, why do we do what we do? We understand Mm -hmm. And it's, I think of it as like who we think we have to be like my whole life. I thought I had to be perfect or successful or good or happy, you know, and 
it's this opportunity for us to say, well, actually I get to just be wholly me and I don't have to be this thing. I thought I had to be my whole life. And when I found the Enneagram, I was doing burnout prevention coaching and all of the answers to why we burn out are in that sinful sentence of like who we think we have to be mm-hmm. because that's what keeps us kind of overdoing, overworking, overfunctioning. And I could see that. Whatever yeah. of the nine ways. For sure. What is your Enneagram number? I'm a seven. Oh, so okay. Freedom, satisfaction, happiness. Very cool. It's funny. I don't yeah. know many sevens. I was just telling my mom, for whatever reason, I am. I have a life full of twos and threes around me. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, like that number, I just, I just must be attracted to people with that number. And my mom, we were just talking about her. She's a six, and I don't know any other sixes. It's so interesting. Yeah, I think sixes are the most complex. Oh, I'm so fascinated with sixes. Yeah. Because there's like consistent push pull. Like I want to be trustworthy, but I'm going to, it's going to take me a while to trust you. Or I like authority, but I'm skeptical of authority. So there's like a lot of dynamics where it's also like, I want to prevent bad things from happening, but when bad things happen, I'm the one who can handle it as if I I could do that. And I just, cause I was reading a little bit about it and I was saying, it's so weird because when all these that I was kind of reading, I was like, oh. For a lot of sixes, it's like you're having kind of a debate in your own mind. Like you can have a conversation with yourself as if you're having it with another person because you're able, you're questioning everything. Everything. That is so funny. Everything. <laughs> uh-huh. I love it so much. What I love about it is like, I, I do, I, there obviously is so much like self-discovery with the Enneagram, right? Like you really just learn so much about yourself and why you do the things you do. But when you take the time to, to like, even just find out like what your friend's number is or your significant other or whatever it is, and just like even understand a little bit about why they do the things they do. And, um, like my best friend Kirsten is a two and I was telling my mom, that's the helper. Like she loves doing things for people, but she really needs to feel appreciated, but not in like outlandish ways. And so like, even just like knowing that about her, like helps me be a better friend to her. You know what I mean? And I just think if, if more people would, would just like take a second and do that, I just feel like relationships could just be so much better and people could feel like loved better and more appreciated and more understood. Like there's just so many benefits mm-hmm. to it to me. Yeah. And now we have a language that we can communicate these things with because for a lot of us, it's like our Enneagram type is the water we were swimming in. So we didn't even really know all of the intricacies that the Enneagram reveals to us. Mm -hmm. But when, I don't know about you, but when I read my type, I was like, someone has written my journal here and is exposing me. (laughs) And yeah. And now I'm able to communicate, oh, I made this decision because I'm scared of being trapped in emotional pain, which normally I would say, I just want to do what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And I just want to feel good. <laughs> but instead, it's like, oh, actually, there's a lot going on underneath that. Right. Can I ask so, what yours is, Brandy? Oh, Sorry. yeah. Um, uh, I'm a nine. Oh, nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I wing a pretty hard eight, but I am a nine. Speaking awesome. of, I do not understand wing. Which number is your wing number? Good question. So it's actually just the two numbers on either side of your dominant number. Right. And you can access both of them, but typically we lean into one or the other. Yeah. See, so, I feel like uh, there's so much confusion about a lot of people think it's their second highest number when they take the test. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of what she was thinking. And I was like, I really like there's so much controversy over this to people that don't really study the Enneagram that just like, you know, take the test and just assume. Then I see the five is the investigator and then the seven, the enthusiast. I totally see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh. so for people that want to know what their wing number is, 
is there a test for that? Like there is for your main number or like, how do you, how would you recommend somebody like go about finding out what their wing is? Yeah. You know, I think with your wing, it's actually not as complicated because if you read the description of the numbers next to you, you can kind of tell like, which are the ones that I attribute? Like, do I kind of hold on to most? Um, also they have unique titles for each of the wings. It's, there's so many different schools of thought on the way that we teach it. Some people think, your wing paired with your number create a whole different type. Other people think like, this is my belief is that you have both wings at all times and you just are, you actually intentionally access them to balance out your personality. So I like think that. About, like, nine. Yeah. Cause nine, you think you're next to the two most assertive types, like mm-hmm. the most opinionated right and wrong, good and bad. We have nine right in the middle of those two, which are the most, which is the most like accepting open. Uh-huh. Well, that's what's so interesting to me about being a nine is like, and with those two wings that are so assertive and, and they're just such a a drastic contrast to the nine that it seems so crazy to be able to like go into the eight and the one because I mean, because nines are just so different, but at the same time, like that makes a lot of sense to me and like who I am because, but I'm also a Gemini, which I feel like plays into this a little bit is like, I just have that dual personality where like. I, I just want everyone to get along. I hate confrontation. But if you put me in a corner, like I'll fight you to the death. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, I'd rather not fight, but if you make me fight, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> like I yeah. just, But like, it's, it's just such like two different sides of a coin. And that's why I just think it's so fascinating because I do, I think I definitely lean more towards that eight, but depending on like what's going on with me, like sometimes mm-hmm. I can lean like more into the one. And there are times where like, I really like crave structure and need, you know, like need order and routine. And then there's times where I just like, don't want that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to actually think of nines as like big balls of fire that they have covered in a bunch of blankets <laughs> and every once in a while it, it explodes. Yeah. And it's like, right. you can't, you keep trying to cover it up, keep trying to cover it up. And eventually it's like, I'm going to light all of these blankets on fire. Like this, right. is, this is a bonfire now. Yeah. That's interesting. It goes out quick. Yeah, <laughs> it does. That's funny. This is crazy. All right, Stoners, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Here she freaking goes. Mother, we need to tell the Stoners about mood. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is right. If you guys don't know, Mood is known for their federally legal THC. And now they're adding their most potent product yet to the lineup, which that's perfect for Tish. She loves the potency. Honestly, I love Mood. Yeah, Well, great. They're They're, like, uh, they are so good. They really do have something for every single mood. And it actually works the way it says that it does. Oh, it does. Yes, it does. What's your favorite product, would you Uh, say? You know what? I love their pens. Mm, They're okay. really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, Mood offers uh, things like flour, gummies, vapes, and more. And they have this THCA product that converts into THC when you heat it and you get access to the classic marijuana high. Mood's latest and most potent breakthrough in the world of legal cannabis. All of their products are regularly tested in third-party labs and sourced from small family farms and pesticide-free, which is so important. They have different strains for specific moods, hence the name of the brand. So whether you want like a euphoric, energized feeling or you're feeling more creative and want to chill, they have something for everybody and plenty of versatile products that go with whatever mood you're going for. Try Moods new THCA flower today. For a limited time only, get 20% off your first order and a free THCA pre-roll. Just go to hellomood.com and use promo code SWS. That's 
hellomood.com code SWS for 20% off your order and a free THCA pre-roll. Cute. Isn't this fascinating, Mother? Yeah, it's so fascinating. I know. I'm it still really here reading some of the things about me. Oh, what are you <laughs> reading? There's so many things. It's crazy, actually. Things that you feel like are hitting, hitting home for you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I feel like it's so interesting because if you haven't read your Enneagram type yet, it is so intricate. Like mm-hmm. every sentence of the description, it's like, how did you know? Like it's someone's so nuts. Yeah. Like it's really, really crazy. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, this, it always blows my mind when I read things like this and I'm like, oh my gosh, this actually is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so funny. It. So like for me, I, I do feel like when it comes to friendships, like I gravitate towards those twos and threes. Mom, for you as a five, like, do you know what, what number fives gravitate towards Sarah Jane? Actually fives, a lot of times fives marry twos, which is oh, interesting. Wait, mom, are you a five or a six? I'm a six. Sorry. Okay. Six. Sorry. My bad. Um, yeah. So sixes actually end up a lot of times gravitate towards sixes, other sixes. Oh, interesting. They really get each other and like each other and are see- all seeking kind of who are my people, where are my people, who can I trust? And so if you're all kind of seeking that, you tend to find each other. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That and do, do you feel like people gravitate towards totally different numbers for like friendships versus like a romantic relationship? I, I, I would say that's possible. I can tell you the two most common marriage pairings that I've seen are twos and fives and threes and nines. I have, I don't have like science or data behind why that is. I just know what's happening. Uh, twos, twos so and fives, common. you said? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make Kirsten's boyfriend take this test. Yeah. He yeah. Is. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's funny. See, threes, I'm telling you, there's something mm-hmm. about threes for me. Like I just, I feel so comfortable around big personalities and people that need attention because I don't want it. And mm-hmm. like, I would just rather sit back and listen and let someone else do all the talking and have all the attention. Like that's just like right up my alley. Mm-hmm. So funny. Yeah. Huh. I think threes also like pull out that ambitious side of nines and mm-hmm. kind of spur them on to like do the things that are actually going to enrich them and get their name out there and help them to see that their voice matters. So I can I could see, see that pairing and lines help threes to chill out. Two of the things yeah. I see too on sixes is they want to have security. That's so me. And they do not want to feel abandoned. Ooh, Those are two of my biggest issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have big issues with that. And I love this. It says they seem like highly organized and responsible people and can often resemble a one. But the hidden problem is that sixes are only trying to calm their inner anxieties by trying to make their external world trouble free and predictable Mm because they don't want it says because they, you know, and it's impossible. That's what it says. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. I I love this. This is crazy. Fascinating. Should we like get some of did we have questions from the stoners? We do have a few questions for this from the stoners. <laughs> Hold that up. All right. Let's see what we got here. Hi, Brandy. Hi, Tish. It's Betsy, your number one fan from Wyoming calling again. Um, I'm excited about this show on the Enneagram. And here's my question. I took the test about 20 years ago when it came out. And I came out a two that time. So what has changed in my life in 20 years? I've recently retired teaching, and um, I decided to take it again. And this time I came out a one, which is 
for the perfectionist, which makes sense, but I like being a two. So I wonder, how do you know what you truly are? What should you do if you come out different numbers? And how do I know if I truly am a one? I think I have a, a one with a two tail or whatever they call that. So anyway, just talk more about the test and if you come out different numbers at different times and really the validity of knowing what number you truly are. Thank you, guys. Hope you're doing well and have a good day. Bye. She is hilarious. I love her. <laughs> she Well, I would feel like the answer to that question is that I have no idea. But like, I feel like we can change as people. Like, you know, I'm very different person than I was 20 years ago, for sure. Yeah, I would. So there's actually a couple of things that could be happening for her. The first is that most of a lot of women, especially in the States, we type as twos just because we're trained to be twos. We're supposed to be loving and nurturing. And so there's kind of that overlay in all of us that we feel like we're supposed to be that. So that could have been the initial testing or yeah, we change like the Enneagram we do say that your Enneagram type doesn't change because it's essentially the lens that you view the world through. So you make most decisions kind of in opposition or in response to this belief about your life in the world, but we change. So as we grow and as we develop, our relationship to that number is going to change. And so our answers to the test are likely going to change, even though we probably still have the same worldview. I was thinking too, when you take any kind of, you know, I hate to call it a personality test, but when you take any kind of personality test, I feel like there's also a level of like, sometimes you want, you kind of, you, you tend to answer how you want to be versus how you truly feel about something. And so I, I would, I just say, I would just say like, when you're taking the Enneagram test, like be brutally honest with yourself. Like don't answer what you think you should answer. Don't answer what, like the kind of person that you want to be or like, or anything like that or expected to be like, you have to truly be honest and give the answer that's like coming from deep down inside. Cause that's the only way you're going to get like real results. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, I told Brandy, I think it would be fun. Oh boy. For her and I to answer for each other just to see, because I just started therapy. And when I did, I had to do this intake form and it said, answer all these. And if you're comfortable with it, have somebody that knows you really well and that you're comfortable with to also answer these questions about you. And I just thought that that was so interesting because you try to be brutally honest. And I think that I know, you know, who I am and, but I would, I actually want Brandy and I, Brandy to do that even with that, just because I would love to see like, cause she's so honest and I would want that and somebody to just be brutally honest about who I am. You yeah. Know? And our kids, like they see everything. They see everything. <laughs> we can't hide it. No, we sure do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be interested uh, in to see. That is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Okay. We've got That's one brave. more. Um, I know it really is. I'm, I'd be scaring her and totally. probably be like, it's going to kill me. Um, all right. We have one more stoner question. Hey, Tish and Brandy, this is Marley calling back again from Canada. I am a five wing four on the Enneagram, which I feel like is a perfect kind of description of me as a whole, especially being 
a five where I kind of don't see things at face value and try and investigate and collect all the information about someone before pursuing. But I'm also very romantic and I love romance even though it doesn't necessarily work out the way I want it to. So I wanted to ask about some advice on how to manage being a number five. It's definitely not easy. I don't know a lot of people who are a five. But yeah, thanks so much. Talk soon. Bye. Marley. That's so cute. I love that name. I, so, uh, Sarah Jane, if, I don't know if you want to answer. Yeah. I know nothing about fives. I don't know any fives. <laughs> and and, and I, it's a fascinating. She said she doesn't know any fives either. So is, I don't know. Is that like a rare number? Like, is that like a, a less common number? Well, it makes sense because fives tend to be the more reserved number of all of the Enneagram types. So they kind of stay to themselves. And so typically they need someone more extroverted to pull at them and get them to come out and meet people. So they're they're always kind of managing their energy levels, not trying to overexert themselves. Hmm. So they need someone who's not afraid to exert themselves to kind of reach out and meet them. So it makes sense to not meet a ton of fives. And then that four combo actually, so there's this element of the Enneagram called subtypes, Mm -hmm. which is that we each have, so every Enneagram type has three subtypes. It's sexual self-preservation and one and um, social, which is just how you get through the world. Do I need, do I need to know where I am on the social hierarchy? One-to-one intimate relationships are a focus or like keeping yourself safe, keeping yourself physically happy. That being said, five, the sexual five or the one-to-one five, they are focused on intimate relationships. So they kind of have this intense curiosity for people, individuals, and they can be extremely romantic and extremely um, almost possessive at times in relationships paired with that kind of five sense of, I want to preserve my energy levels. I want to be informed. I don't want to overexert myself socially. So that's an interesting combination for sure. They're almost oppositional five and four. Yeah, that wow. is interesting. So I feel like for her, she was kind of asking for advice on how to manage being a five. I feel like what she's really asking is like how to manage the being an, an unhealthy five, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I always hear that those terms with the Enneagram is like you're sometimes you can be an unhealthy nine or an average nine or a really healthy nine. And it kind of kind of all look different, right? So for her, maybe some advice on helping to manage the unhealthy side of the five. Yeah. So it's really about two, it's really two things. One, getting into your body. Fives can be so in their head that they, it's like they forget they even have a body and there's so much important information in our bodies, right? Like that's where our sadness lives. That's where our anger lives, but that's also where our joy lives and our satisfaction and deep pleasure. So the ability to kind of intentionally embody every day is so important for fives, all head types. I mean, all of us, but fives in particular. And the other element for them is to recognize that their energy levels are replenishable. Like, yes, we are going to deplete ourselves and we can fill our cup back up. And oftentimes fives, the big issue in relationships is that they just kind of disappear. Like they, they're okay taking what they need for themselves. They have really big boundaries. They have a, they're very private. And so they'll kind of go off to do this and that's totally fine, but they need to communicate. And that's the big one. That's like all that they have to learn is to just let people know that's where they're going and that's what they're doing. And maybe giving a little bit more than they feel comfortable with. Because your belief of where, where, where depletion is, is usually pretty high above where depletion actually hits. And so pushing yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone is really important for most fives. Acting before they feel fully informed, um, giving a little bit more than they think they can give, and just pushing that lightly, but opening a little more than they feel comfortable opening, um, all of those are going to help you to be more grounded and embodied and wow. supported. Yeah. Should we ask her to do this for our numbers, mother? Well, I'm sitting here just reading so much that I'm just like the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
What's and the what's it, it say? What's all- what's the bad for for number sixes, mom? Well, uh, uh, this is so me. In situations where fi- sixes feel secure, they begin to deal with stress by simply shutting down and become indifferent to their surroundings, so, like average nines. Mm-hmm. So, but I am that. Like I deal with things by completely shutting down. Like it's so crazy. But it, yeah, there's so many things here. <laughs> I deal with things by shutting down. Yeah, this is hilarious. I mean, this is crazy. Sixes may spend their weekend frantically doing yard chores or obsessively reorganizing the closets as a way of discharging or avoiding feelings. This is me. That is not me. I wish it was sometimes. <laughs> it's insane all day. That is hilarious. Okay. Yeah. So, so what advice, Sarah Jane, what advice can we give my mom as for a six, six for yeah. dealing with the unhealthy side of being a six? Mm-hmm. The one thing that I love to say to tell sixes is that you will you can have self-trust, which can offer you clarity, but you will never have certainty. Right. So I think sixes are constantly seeking certainty. Um, What can I count on? What's going to happen for sure? And a lot of times we interpret six behavior as being pessimistic. Right. Because you're trying you're constantly kind of questioning things, trying to prevent bad things from happening, preparing for the worst. But if we can also think about it as trying to guarantee a positive, right? Because you're really focusing on how can I guarantee that this is going to be a good outcome? But with that, (laughs) hilarious. I love looking at your faces, y'all. If you could see their faces, they're just like shaking their heads. (laughs) It's like you're saying, this is me to a T. (laughs) This kills me. It's so with that being said, like really owning your ability to like build on self-trust and we build self-trust by taking tiny risks. Um, I like to tell sixes to go on intuitive drives where if you have like a free hour, just leave your driveway and say, okay, which way I'm going to turn next and kind of embracing the unknown, but in a risk, a very low risk, right? Like, you know how to get home, you have a GPS, but you get to play with what is it, what beauty can come my way if I don't control the steps in the process. Dang. I know. Good. It's really good. It's really really good. good. I'm such a control freak. It is so bad. Uh-huh. We all are. We just have our different things we're trying to control, right? Like you're trying to control certainty and safety and I'm trying to control my ability to be happy. You're trying to control your ability to be at peace of mind, right? We all have our own things we fixate on for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mine is definitely peace of mind and security and all that. Yeah. That is too funny. Yeah. It's just so crazy. And you know, like you said something else that just was like, well, and I just read a big thing and it all makes sense is one of the big things, one of the worst parts is fear. It says Mm -hmm. that sixes have a lot of fear. And I think that is because fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty. I am not a risk taker in any way, not financially, not in my life, like not in any, anything. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't take risks and that's not always good. You know, like, Sometimes you do need to take risk. I am not a risk taker. In those ways, I am so conservative in every aspect of my life. Well, and I think that's where one of the cool things about the Enneagram is that the things that make us really great and the things that are really amazing about us and our strengths when overused or when used in the wrong context are actually our weaknesses. So being smart with your money and not taking big risks is a skill and an asset and is something to be celebrated. And there are times when that's gone too far, right? Where, you know, I've limited my access to joy. I've limited my access to pleasure, or I've limited my access to adventure and experience out of fear that 
my security will get lost. And that's totally me too. (laughs) Even my business managers like Tish live your life. Like, it's time like go well, like vac- you're always saying i want to go on a trip a cool trip and i'm like all right let's book it oh my gosh that hotel is so expensive I, we can't do that i'm like all right well then you're missing out honey i'm so bad about that but just think i could do this this and this with that money <laughs> like it's like i'm so bad about those things but also good like you said there's the good and, and the bad but yeah that is funny okay so what about brandy yeah my turn Mm-hmm. So one of the big things for nines is they kind of have this sensation that their voice doesn't matter or like what I have to say doesn't isn't going to impact the world or the world's already has enough enough voices. And so one of the big things for nines is learning to just interject and let their voice be heard and um, speak when they feel like a lot of times. And I think. I can already kind of see just in interacting with you that maybe you've worked through a lot of this stuff already, but a lot of times nines wait to speak until they've been spoken to or directly engaged. Another element for nines is when things are hard or when there's a new task on the horizon, they kind of get caught up in future overwhelm, right? Because again, they're trying to preserve their peace of mind. And so when there's something that they want to do that feels really big, it's like, well, what if that, what if I have too much to learn? What if that feels really overwhelming? What if that causes me future stress? And so they may kind of procrastinate or not know where to prioritize or where to start. And so one of the big things I say to nines is like, you can move a wall, but you can't move. You're not going to have to ever move the wall itself. You're going to move the wall one tiny brick at a time. So all you have to do is just what is the next right step? What is the next thing in front of me? Um, The other thing I'll say for nines is that The way that you show, like when a nine loves you, they've been like, let them be angry at you. When you love a nine, it's actually really healthy if they get mad at you. Because if they are mad at you, that means that they, (laughs) it means that they trust that you're not going anywhere and that you love them. And there's something to that. People do go places. (laughs) Right. And people do leave. So that's scary. (laughs) And I think that's nine. So I oftentimes I'll say like the, the right people in your life will not leave you because you have an opinion and because your opinion is different than theirs. And that is true. But the rebuttal I always get from nines is like, actually people do leave, but they were not the right people. Those are the people who should have left. And actually it's like marketing, right? Like you're not marketing to everybody. We don't want everybody to get in the door to your business. You want the right people to get in the door. And it's the same thing with like your heart and your life. Like you don't want everybody. You need the people who are here a hundred percent for you in like, if we not the blankets that you're covering yourself up with, but the like the scalding fire that's inside, that's like the truest, deepest part of you. That's who you want. You want the people who are not getting burned by that fire. Right. Yeah. I just like, I'm very much like I, to a fault, kind of pride myself on being this like easygoing, like, so I'm chill. I go with the flow. I get along with everyone. Like, I just like, I, you know, like that. I just, I'm like, yeah, that's me. So it feels like wrong to be angry or upset or to tell somebody they'd done something wrong or to hurt my feelings or whatever. Cause like, I just want to be so easygoing. And I just, you know, like such a people pleaser, like I just want everyone to love me. And so that's where I get caught up on like not wanting to show like the like negative emotions. I know they're not negative, but like to me, they kind of seem that way. Totally. And I think you, it's, you're saying it, right? Like that's an amazing thing. It's amazing that you're easygoing. It's amazing that you're easy to get along with. That's a skill that many of us struggle to cultivate. And there are times when that's gone too far, right? Where like your voice is getting lost or you're not getting to speak up about like, even I've seen nines give up years of their life going down a path of someone else's choosing because they didn't know 
They didn't take the time to even decide for themselves. Is this what I want? Is this where I want to go? Yeah. And see, so like full disclosure, my past relationship, my ex, he was also a nine. So we just got caught in this whole thing where it's like we were both just kind of doing that and just like going along with it. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because like I actually have a couple of friends. Chelsea Lankis mom is a nine and she also married a nine. And it's just so fascinating to me that they can make it work because it did not work out for me. I can't imagine how you wouldn't just float away from each other. Like just kind of like, (laughs) um, yeah, Yeah. sorry. Yeah, that happened. That happened. Yeah. Huh. Pretty, pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, I literally just want to dig into this even more. I really do. Like now I'm going to have to go and like really read up on this. Maybe we can have this is, this is a perfect, because my, the last thing I was going to ask her is, I feel like, you know, once people get a taste of the Enneagram, they want more, right? They want to dive mm-hmm. deeper. So what other books you would recommend people read? Are there, um, like the test we always recommend is the Enneagram Institute. I don't know if there are others that you like too that you could recommend. Um, just for people that want more, like what can they do? Where can they go? And listen yeah. to her podcast. That's what I was going to say. I was, I was, that, was my in, that was my leading into her being able to plug her uh, her stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I actually have a book that's great for beginners. It's the honest Enneagram. Um, and it takes you into what the types are, but it also takes you into what's your growth path. I break it down, like honor your strengths, open your eyes to blind spots, note your motivators, explore relationships, soften your path and turn it into something beautiful. So it taps into like all of these different elements of growth. Um, so that would be a great book to start with. And then I just launched a test today. So you all can check that out. The Enneagram Institute test is awesome. But if you guys want to check out mine, it's at enneagramandcoffee.com. And then the podcast is Enneagram and Coffee as well. And we do all kinds of fun stuff on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case. I'm going to go take your test. I'm going to go do tomorrow. It. I can't do it tonight. Do. I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This has been so much fun. Yeah. I feel Thank like I got to so hang out much. with people and just talk about our hearts. It was really nice. Well, it see, just, that's why I love the Enneagram because that's what happens whenever, whenever you start talking about the Enneagram, it always leads to like an honest heart to heart conversation. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about before doing a live, uh, episode and having you on so people can, we can actually all have conversations. So maybe we could do that. But first of all, I'm going to read your book, take your test. Uh, and then we have to reach back out and do this again. Cause this is like, it's really, really incredible. Yeah. yeah. This is so much fun. I would love to do anything. Where, um, where do you live? Where are you from? I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. So oh, what? we were just talking about yeah. North Carolina. I just, no way. North Carolina is just incredible. It's underrated. It is a really good state. I think even South Carolina, like I just North and South Carolina are just two of they it, they are underrated and they're just I think they're the best kept secrets in the whole country. I really mm-hmm. do. They're incredible places. That is so funny. I completely agree. Yeah. All right. Well, well if we're great. if we're in Asheville, we're gonna call you and I'll make yeah, Brandy do a road trip through yeah, North she wants South to do Carolina. So we'll stop and see you. North <laughs> Carolina. I would love it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate thank you coming you. on. And hopefully we talk soon. Okay. See you soon. See Bye. you. Love. Love her. <laughs> I have to follow her immediately on Instagram. Uh, that was awesome. She's amazing. And I can't believe, like, even when I look at my stuff about being a Taurus, it's all the same, too. That's like, interesting. It is the interesting. Huh. I feel like so much of it is the exact same. 
That's really funny. Uh-huh. I do feel like, you know, when it comes to all the things that make up who you are as a person, like I, I do think like all these things play into it, right? Like the Enneagram alone isn't going to tell you everything about yourself, but it's, for me, it's really interesting. The difference in an Enneagram nine Gemini, which I am, uh-huh. and probably like an Enneagram nine Aries is probably completely different, right? It's just like, oh yeah. Like at, and Gemini and, and Kirsten's and Aries, like they're just so opposite. And so and to be honest, like a Gemini and an Enneagram nine, like there's a lot of conflicting traits with those two. So when you put them together, it just creates like a really unique personality, I think. Yeah. And then there's also a personality test um, called the Myers-Briggs that a lot of people oh, take. I've heard of that. And it's, I'm an ISTJ, if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs. And so like, if, then you factor that personality test into who you are. And it's just like, the more you research and really like try to like self get into self-discovery and find out more about yourself, like you really do like, that makes me really happy that she was able to sit there and say, like, I can see you've worked through some things yeah. as a nine, because I really have, like, ever since I've learned about it, it's like, I can recognize now things that hold me back from different things in my life and I can try to overcome it. Right. Or try my, try my best to like be a healthier nine. And so that, that to me is the coolest part about like learning more about yourself and being very self-aware and wanting to like improve is just like opens up your life to more potential. Well, did you know Tanat's the full moon? No, I did not. <laughs> okay. Well, tonight there's a full moon and this weekend I also went to this little retreat if, and you went hill, on a retreat. Well, it was just for like five hours, oh. but anyway, Asia Downey who just, she's releasing her new skincare line called hide and seek. And I love it because actually I have gotten a little bit of eczema. You asked me one day what that was on my arm. Remember that? Oh yeah. That's eczema. Oh, that's weird. I Sometimes every now and then I get a little bit of it too. Mine is just, it's right here. And like, I really have to keep stuff on it or it gets really bad. But Asia t- uh, t- told me one time, I asked her like, why did you start the skincare line? And she said that she grew up and she had really bad eczema and she didn't even want to tell her mom how bad it was, but that she could never, ever, ever pull her hair up in a ponytail or wear it in a bun because it was so bad on her ears and like on the sides right here of her neck. Hmm. And that, so she never could wear her hair up. And that it really affected her in a huge way. And so this really is, it's for, it's for your face and everywhere, but it also is, it's really good for eczema and it's got CBD in it. And so I loved that she created it because she wanted to help people feel better. And so to launch it yesterday, she put together this little wellness retreat and it was so cute and it had like an energy reader and somebody that you could go stand and they saged you to get off all the negativity. It was really cool. And then they gave us a plate that we're supposed to break tonight at the full moon. And you write down everything that you want to live in your past. That you just want all, any of the negativity that's in your life, all of it. List it and break it. And then afterwards, set your intentions. Like what, what do you want in your life for your life? And I'm doing it. That's awesome. So I love that. I'm sitting at my candles. I'm going to (laughs) break my plate and I'm going to set my intentions. Well, you get it, (laughs) Tezzle. You get it. I am. So anyway, guys, I think y'all should do that too. Again, they had us do it and you put the plate in a baggie, like a big one. So when you break it, you don't have to clean it up. But um, anyway, I just think I thought it was the coolest thing. And so, yes. So in that full moon tonight, let's all just go out, set our intentions, get all the negativity out. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to believe it. Well, I am just love that for you. I am believing my intentions to be true. 
Love it. Well, guys, um, if you have not taken the Enneagram test yet and you want to, we will post a link to Sarah's test that she just launched today. Um, That's awesome. And we'll also post links to her podcast and to get her book. And then if you guys are still loving it and still interested in it, we can continue to do more podcasts that are focused on the Enneagram in the future. I would love that. I really want to like read more about it. I think it's amazing. It's very cool. Yeah. I love you guys, but I got to go scoop some poop down at the barn. Ooh, okay. Well, I got to go too. I got things to do. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, hopefully I'll see you in Austin, Brandy. We'll see. You're going to miss out. We'll see. You should just go for one weekend, not both. Well, yeah, I would never go for both. Okay. Okay. Well, well um, love you, stoners. Bye, stoners. Love y'all. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Alana Dunn and I'm the host of Seeing Other People. As an early Hinge employee, a modern dater, and now a fiance, I know the dating world maybe a little too intimately. I'm here to make you feel less alone in your dating journey, whatever it may look like. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Whether you're looking for love or just want to laugh and commiserate with others, tune in to Seeing Other People as we explore the roller coaster that is the ever-evolving world of dating. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.